0: And with that rousing reaction from the sellout crowd here at Madison Square Garden, it is time for another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. This is Howard Cosell. No, anyway, we're not going to go too far into that. This is your host, Big Dave, Dave Unger, the lawyer, lawyer extraordinaire. Patrick O'Dowd is out today. He's on vacation. I mean, vacation. People still take vacations. I, I guess they still take vacations. Pat does this vacation every year. If you listened a year ago, you'd know it was the same same bat time, same bat channel. So Pat's out on vacation, hanging with the fam, having a great time. Happy Father's Day, Mr. O'Dowd, as we were recording this on Sunday, June 20th, which is Father's Day. I am not flying solo because that would be a bad idea to do that for bandwagon nerds. I am joined by... Some very good friends of mine. Of course, we have one of the regulars here, the live studio audience, the one and only PC tunny How are you doing, Mr. Tunney?
1: Ahoy, ahoy, chips, ahoy, gentlemen. uh Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, I'm doing quite well. I got my golf in, I got the U.S. Open on, and I'm ready to talk some nerd shit.
0: I was actually listening back to the episode where you got dubbed the live studio audience. It was, like the, it was like episode one of season two, so episode 53 for those of you doing math at home, that sort of thing. Um, but Yeah, that was where PC Tunney was the live studio audience. We were also joined by the honorary member of the Bandwagon Nerds team. He's like the fifth Beatle, pretty much. That's, that's what I call him, Chris Platt, the fifth Beatle. How you doing, man?
2: Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Dave, it's always an honor, privilege, and pleasure to chop it up with the nerds. Great to be on. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, happy Father's Day to all the chair shot fathers, and my man, my friend, Mike Insiglieri, Mr. Dave, happy Father's Day, brother. I hope you enjoy your day.
0: Well, I'm going to sit there and uh, watch the asphalt melt, so it's uh, 108 degrees (laughs) in Bakersfield today. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't know what the weather's like in your guys' part of the country, but it can't be that bad, so... Anyway, we've got we got some stuff to talk about today. This is going to be a little different episode of Bandwagon Nerds, where we're just going to kind of bounce around the landscape of things and talk about a few different things here and there, and and you know, no real overriding theme other than the first part that we're going to talk about, which is talking about episode two of Loki. So let's hit the Marvel music and get right into this discussion of an interesting episode. PC's got some I had it. Oh, did you I, I okay. had it
1: for you if you want it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it's, okay. it's there. Now I want to hear it. Now I want to hear it. You'll,
0: you'll hear it tomorrow when it airs. So, you know, it's it's All perfect. Right.
1: Now I gotta listen to this show twice. Damn it. Here
0: you
2: go. Here you go. I like Star
1: Wars. know that sounds like the Imperial March. <laughs> now I gotta play movie. it. Now I gotta play it, Dave. Go we ahead. gotta wash go everybody's out with that. Just
0: leave this in. Play it, PC. <laughs>
1: We got Pete Best over here crossing streams between Star Wars and Marvel. No, 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 no,
2: no! I, I was doing the Avengers <laughs> theme, not the Marvel. I, I was doing Avengers, <laughs> not Marvel. It did get a little of uh, Empire Strikes Back. One, I, though. I thought I, like,
0: I was waiting it, for it, Vader it, to come it, out on and, yeah, and yeah, tell got, me got a little stormtrooper. He finds our lack of faith disturbing. That's for sure. So, <laughs> uh so yeah, Loki, episode two. Wow, um where where to begin unraveling this thing. Uh, Chris, I assume you're up to date on Loki and trying to figure this whole shit storm
2: out. I I am, man. I, I'm I'm curious to hear you guys thoughts on this, but one thing that I did want to say is I love what they're doing with these Marvel shows, particularly WandaVision and this one. Like they take these superpowered beings, put them in these tried and true tropes. You know, with the Ron division, it was the sitcom thing. With this one, it's the procedural drama, like a Law and Order or a CSI, mixed with a buddy cop. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, once they rock you to sleep, they hit you with the WTF moment. And you know what I mean? And then we're just we're just off and running, and it just totally goes off the rails. I'm more interested to hear you guys' thoughts about this, man, because I don't. I'm I'm enjoying it, but I don't know what to think at this point. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's the beauty of it is that none of us are really sure what to think at this point in time. It's a there's a lot of, you know, of course, the focus is on the TVA and the relationship between Loki and Mobius, which is Tom Hiddleston's character and and Owen Wilson's. And I, Tony, I mean, what were your general overall thoughts on this episode? Because this this is a good episode, but this is not what I will say is this, Chris, and I'll say it to Tony and anybody else listening. This is not really so much of a show for the bandwagoners out there because there's some complex stuff going on that gets deep into, into some comic lore. And and Marvel has not and Marvel and Disney and the MCU have never been shy about just taking bits and pieces from the comics that they like and putting their own spin on them. And, and this episode definitely had to feel like okay, I'm not sure if they're if they're going in this direction or could be this direction or it might be something completely different, you know? So I, I'm kind of curious, Tony, what did you think of this episode overall and, and kind of where they seem to be heading?
1: I like the fact that we're getting into a little bit more of the mental gymnastics between, um, Mobius and Loki, right? They're both kind of not playing their card completely while still basically trying to instill trust in each other. And I think that's hilarious. I, one thing that really stuck with me is when loki is explaining to the tva about the difference about what they're talking about and what he is talking about as far as like replication and a hologram and what the difference is between what they're seeing and what he can do would any of that make sense as to why that maybe loki could make his own variant and maybe that's what we're kind of seeing a little bit here i know we see lady loki now and I know my theories are always a little bit off, but at some point in time, I feel like that's got to come back to bite them. That one just kind of stood there. And then my favorite thing was Loki batting at the um, cartoon clock and so much that it jumps back into the computer. So he couldn't get her. That was my pretty much my favorite moment there. But I, what do you, what do you see in Dave, as far as what do you think going to be moving forward? Because I could go with them just telling them the Marvel stories in this format. Give me six episodes, 50 minutes. You can tell a longer story with breaks as opposed to trying to give us a three-hour movie, right? Um, I, It's the guessing game. This feels like WandaVision again. And are we all going to guess ourselves into not seeing what's actually there right now?
0: Yes. There you go. Chris, uh, we'll go. No. <laughs> uh, no. So in, the thing with this show is that it's it's there are so many different things that they could be doing with this and you really aren't sure. And yeah, you're right, Tony. It's very much like WandaVision. Um, Half, half of the episode is really trying to gain a, a better understanding of the nature of this variant that they are working with and trying to track down the variant and figure out what, you know, what is his, or at least you think it's his at the beginning of the episode. What is his end game? What is his goal? What is he doing? You know, and and it was great that they end up at like Renaissance fairs in in Wisconsin or something like that, right? And, and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. yeah, in and, and Oshkosh, Wisconsin, a Renaissance festival, and, and, and people are like, uh, "You guys aren't in character," and that sort of you're thing. You are wearing the wrong thing. Yeah, you are wearing the wrong thing. It's like you think so. Uh, I I I love that aspect of it. I mean, Loki still the relationship, like you are saying, with him and Mobius, where they're not playing all their cards, and and, and you can't really tell is there genuine respect here between the two or are they just placating each other and using each other for their own means? And by the end of the episode, yes. yeah. By the end of the episode, you get the, yes, <laughs> that's what they're doing is, is they are, they're not so much a mutual respecting. Maybe they learn to do that. But um, the thing about the show that I love right now is that Loki is, is it is fascinating because you can't really grasp whether this variation of Loki is, is, is Is he is he out for himself? Is he trying to help restore the timeline is what he says to Lady Loki or before he realizes who it is that his goal is to overthrow the timekeepers. Is that really where he's going? And I'm leaning in the direction of saying, yeah, that's what he wants to do. He wants to overthrow the timekeepers. I keep going back to the fact that this is a 2012 variant of Loki who saw what happened to him at the end of everything with Thanos killing him and all the stuff he did with his brother, but he never lived through it. So his, you know, not to be cliché, his soul to speak has not been softened. This is still the prick who opened a portal above Manhattan and tried to bring the Chitari through to give New York to Thanos on a silver platter. So to me, the concept that he's trying to overthrow the timekeeper seems very likely at this point in time. So, you know, that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm gathering from this at, at this point in time and we'll get to the end of the episode and kind of where some of the theories, I mean, God, there's a, there's a ton of them out there. But but Chris, want to go back to you and, and see, you know, now that you've kind of got Tunny, me and Tunny's background as to what we think is going on, what are your thoughts about some of these issues?
2: Well, Dave, it's funny what you just said, because after we watched the episode, Amber and I, we had this exact same discussion, because from her vantage point, she was thinking that Loki was trying to work with the time authority and this and that. And I pointed out to her, you you got to remember one thing about Loki. Loki is all about Loki and self-preservation. So we really don't know what his motivations are. I feel like he was telling himself the truth because it was himself. And I, I think that is where he's going. But we, we really don't know. And the irony is, like you said, this is the 2012 version of Loki. But the irony is the one time that he actually does something selfless, ends up getting him killed. You know what I mean? Which is crazy. And plus, how perfect is the dude that works for the time authority and his name is mobius that's great i mean i'm I'm not gonna nerd too much here i'll just say google mobius strip and you'll see what i'm talking about and and understand how that's just that's fucking perfect that's wow that's chef's kiss right there
0: (laughs) so yeah there's your homework assignment nerds do what christopher platt said get on google google mobius figure out what's going on figure out how to survive a heat wave in Bakersfield and, and before June's even, before summer's even started officially. But so, you know, let's, let's talk near the end of the show because the big thing to me is, is you do get the showdown between the Loki that we know and the variant. And you quickly learn that this variant has some unique powers that Loki that we know doesn't, namely the ability to possess other people and, and you get to see this firsthand. Uh, that was, that was a kind of an eye opener. Like, okay, what exactly are we dealing with here? This, this is something that, you know, cause like Tony, you said, Loki explains to the TVA that, you know, your understanding of my power set is all fucked up and wrong. And here's what I can actually do. And then he gets faced with his, uh, with a variant of himself who has a power set that even he doesn't understand because it's very different than what he has. So what you saw, this being whatever it was this entity bouncing and and actually you know it it, it's not like i mean there's like one central variant who apparently can inject his persona or whatever into um a bunch of other people then you know it's like oh okay this this thing's got a unique go ahead they
1: basically they basically can mind control them right they become their own pawn if you will they they get in their mind and they speak as them and see as them and take control of their complete body
2: did you guys notice how as the variant was jumping from you know possessing body to body how it even took on all of Loki's mannerisms and method of walking and you know just everything like it was just perfect to me
0: yeah it was really it it was cool like there's an element of wandavision involved in that you know and and, and you know when you were I just it just dawned on me when you're talking about the relationship between Loki and Mobius uh Tony did you guys ever watch Umbrella Academy when we reviewed that
1: that's on my list okay. it's on my list like
0: there's a relationship between five and, and the and I forget and you know I'm 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 being Patrick O'Dowd today forgetting the name of a major character in a, in a series drink everyone <laughs> that's one of the rules okay but uh, yeah p- please do
2: don't mind if a dude <laughs>
0: But I I don't know. I forget what her name was, but it was the central female villain and their relationship was kind of like they were gaming each other and you never could tell who was gaming each other at a particular time. But I digress because I come back to this. Uh, It it turns out that this variant that they are after is is every bit as clever and crafty as Loki is because he and I saying he at the time because we haven't got to the big reveal. He is uh, stalling for time because he's got he's a or acquired all of these reset charges and very craftily and you do get to see this early in the episode they they talk about redlining and what these nexus events will do when when you've got a nexus event and if it hits a red line then you've got a a split of the um the sacred timeline I think is what they call it right Tony the sacred timeline and this creates lots of branching possibilities So this variant has stalled for time, has gathered up what they've done by attacking all these agents, you know, because they're like, everybody's like, okay, well, why are they attacking all these agents? What's the end game? What's the motivation behind killing these agents? He's stealing your reset charges, dickheads. And you get to see the whole plan come to fruition at the end with a literal time bomb. I mean, not the old time bomb we think. This is a time bomb where you've got an impossible number of Nexus events, all redlining or very close to redlining at the same time. And it's at that exact moment that we get the reveal that Tunny's been talking about. We're lady Loki, or we think it's lady Loki and we're about to get into theories about that. So I want to kick it over to you guys, your thoughts on this master plan. It's, it's obvious this variant wants to disrupt the timeline for some reason, which, which, which tells me that there's something else going on here. They want to create multiple timelines for some reason, and we don't know what that is. But I want to kick it over to you guys to get your thoughts before we delve into the Lady Loki sort of thing.
1: I think the funniest thing in two episodes is that when this happens, the most immediate and urgent reaction at the TVA is a guy with glasses and a pocket protector dialing on a rotary phone. That was the initial, that was it. That This is, oh, shit's going down. Where's my rotary phone? TVA, help. Yeah, it's like the the best thing you can do is see what they give you for a picture of the sacred timeline. It's this white band that's right across the middle of this panoramic sheet. And when something happens, you get these variants to come off that timeline. And if it reaches the red, at some point, that's something they can't bring back or something that might be really hard to bring back. But the... It's really weird. I still feel like Loki is behind all of this, too. But the way it happened, like the time bomb, where all of these things that were captured, these time erasers, these 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 regenerators of the original things that were happening before just drop into these little, you know, what do you want to call them? Portals, uh, you know, time variances, these little squares. And it's just it's really, really quite uh, symphonic, if you will. I think symphonic is a
0: good word. That was the idea is to create as much a cacophony of chaos. There
1: you go. There's
0: there you go. That could be the title for the episode. A cacophony of chaos. Um,
1: Symphonic cacophony of chaos <laughs> let's let's get hoity-toity with it <laughs> there
0: he goes symphonic cacophony of chaos Wow. greg is gonna be like what the fuck i can tell patrick's on vacation with titles like this shit <laughs> anyway chris go ahead man not to say patrick of course knows all the big words but he wouldn't he would never do something like that it's too it's too convoluted
1: chris would be mad at me if i didn't say this but uh, you know you can't it can it beat dick wolf
2: <laughs> pop beating dick wolf that's hilarious on so many levels (laughs) shout out to dick wolf too by the way (laughs) yes that's actually good synergy because i talked about how this show kind of has the 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 framework of an episodic television show like a law and order so there you go you bring it full circle um i want to ask you guys though what's up with mobius what is his motivation i mean i think that we all know that him and loki are both Blowing smoke up each other's asses, but ultimately, where where what's what's going on with him? Is he just Dudley Do Right, and he's he's like really serious about his job, or is there something? Is there more than than meets the eye with Mobius? Was
1: was he not created? Didn't he say he was created by the TVA? Like he doesn't have a past. He doesn't he he doesn't know what anything is. He he doesn't he doesn't he's so tied to what he needs to do for the TVA. He won't even take a little bit of time to himself where no one would know and jump on a jet ski for five minutes, right? Like, think about that conversation they had.
2: So you're uh, saying he's Tom Hanks if in Catch Me If You Can? Dave?
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Perhaps. Mobius,
1: I, a little A more, little more personality. Yeah.
0: M- Mobius is tough to figure out because, like you're saying, he's not – you know it, it, to steal a line from the matrix he wasn't born he was more bred than than anything else and and you know he was bred there in in the tva was he ever a child does he have a child does he have any sort of backstory does he have parents other than the timekeepers uh, you know and and his thing is like you get the impression that this thing going on with the loki variant is not the only situation variants are all over the place we know that from the first episode So why does Mobius take such a a serious interest in this one? Is it just because of the death of the agents involved or is there something else going on? Maybe Mobius has an ulterior motive as well. And he needs Loki. Maybe he needs, I mean, for all we know, Mobius is trying to, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Cunny's showing us some dialogue. You were created by the timekeepers. But I'm wondering if, as you guys are saying this, what if Mobius' endgame is to usurp control from the timekeepers as well? And he's using Loki, the god of mischief, to do that. So for all we know, he, Mobius could be, I mean, here we go. (laughs) Mobius could be Mephisto, you know, or something like that to unravel everything. It it seems clear that the thing that we are getting out of episode two, unless something drastic happens and they are able to avert this disaster of all these timelines breaching, redlining at the same time, you're going to get the creation, the recreation of the multiverse which then ties into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. More, I think this show is probably going to tie into that more than Thor loving, what is it, love and rockets, love and thunder, what the hell is?
2: Love and thunder, I think, thunder. or love and basketball. It's Thor loving basketball, I believe. I Thor
1: loving th- thunder down
0: <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thor loving no holds barred. So, uh, you know, I, I do think this ties in more with uh, the Multiverse of Madness, but it's hard to tell, like you raise a good point with Moby is what is his end game? Because to me, I I don't see putting your neck on the line with somebody like Loki seems very risky <laughs> for a guy who really doesn't have a lot of the backstory that would give him, you know, and they and they had the conversation in this episode talking about everything predetermined that there is no free will. And, you know, Moby's like, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Is it? You know, if you're born in the TVA, you don't know shit about free will. So, I find the episode. Yeah, his and like you said, Tony, his interest in something as simple as a jet ski, and and, and just the inability to wrap your wrap himself around the concept of it's this perfect machine. It's like, dude, I've been on a jet ski. They fucking were far from perfect machines. <laughs> wreck, wreck on those one time and tell me how perfect they are. So, uh, you know. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. What do you guys think about Mobius? Do you think he's what he appears or is there a lot more to him?
2: I mean, his association with Loki, it's very irresponsible for an organization that basically runs like the DMV, you know. So I'm thinking there's more there. What? I have no idea. I mean, excuse me, I don't think anybody really does. We're two episodes in. But, yeah, I think there's there's something going on with him. I I think it's funny because the more I think about it and I've kind of, you know, listen to you guys talk about it. I almost feel as if him and Loki are in a weird way, kind of two sides of the same coin. You know what I mean? Like they're very, they're, they're more similar than they are different. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Tony, what do you think here, man?
1: You know, could he be finding, could he be trying to find a way out as well? Could he be all along been like, man, there's gotta be something else for me. I know, not necessarily if that's in his canon from the comics or not but we've seen different variants no pun intended um to the original canon in the comic books so yeah i think everything's going to tie really together nicely here i, I i'm really enjoying it and I, it's just it's something different again right they, they've given you something different each time you you jump you start with um brain fart drink uh
0: is that your that's your gig What was
1: before before American Soldier, Winter Falcon?
0: Oh, WandaVision.
1: (laughs) WandaVision. I couldn't think of WandaVision. And then I said the other one wrong, too. But, yeah, they're just giving you something different each time. I, I, I really forgot how much I enjoyed Owen Wilson acting.
0: He's a, a fantastic addition to this show and really elevates it. But I did want to, before we talk Lady Loki, and I, I want to get to that, I did want to, Chris raises a really good point about it being very dangerous for a guy in Mobius's position to bring a, a variant, you know, and I'm not talking about the variant like they're using there, but a variable like Loki into a very static, controlled, precise environment like the TVA. And why would you do that? Why why would Mobius do that? It's like it, it's like for somebody like Tunny who doesn't like horror movies or anything like that to say, you know what, I'm gonna go and sit through. Let's see, uh, sit through The Exorcist, Halloween, and and Saw, and maybe a little Annabelle, all in one showing. Why would you do that to yourself? You know why why would you why would you inject something into your own environment that to deliberately destabilize yourself? Mobius has done that with the introduction of Loki to this situation, and everybody else there knows it, and sees it, and warns him, this is a bad fucking idea, oh I got it under control, and as we see at the end, no you don't, now, so let's let's talk, the big reveal at the end is that the variant that they're chasing is not Loki at all, well, or is it? It's a female, Lady Loki, and I've read, god man, in the last couple days, at least, 10 different theories about who this could be, what this could be, what it could mean. And the prevalent thing to me is it seems like it's one of three things. It's either Lady Loki, which has come on from in the comic. She kind of came in after the whole Ragnarok storyline when uh, Asgard reappears above Broxton, Oklahoma or wherever the fuck it is. And then she's kind of there. It could be Enchantress. That's the one that that is interesting to me. Is like that's that Enchantress was very involved with Loki in the early days. They could be trying to inject her in there. Or it could be something, (laughs) option three, could be something completely different where Marvel's doing what they do. Take elements of the comics. We'll take a bit here, a bit here, and we're going to create something completely new and different, but based on lore that everybody's familiar with. So, with that being said, your guys' thoughts on the reveal that the Loki they're chasing is a a female variant of loki and and who is she?
1: and why? so are 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 you down with accepting the fact that it's one of two Sylvie's? It could be Sylvie, yeah, so and, and so well they're talking of, yeah, Sylvie Lushton or Sylvie d'Ottir, which would be the daughter of Thor. That would be an interesting take <laughs> if it's the daughter of
0: Thor because then you've got a definite time travel element going on tva sort of thing um sylvie is i believe isn't that the name of the enchantress that she goes by i, I think that's well what
1: that was the i think so, what yeah. i read that was what the credit was posted for episode two yeah. as that was sylvie yes mm. now now
0: that doesn't mean anything and this is the this right. where we're getting they,
1: back to sure they this right the they wandavision ships
0: right they can be calling her sylvie and getting people's you know getting everybody hard on saying oh it's enchantress like me who's saying right. I, enchantress like is the, a fantastic like character the,
1: Right, like the painted glass windows in the first one with the horns it's and Bethisto. you're like, "Oh, well now, here. Let's just put up let's just put that crown on Sylvie's head and now there, that was that." Right. Right. And
0: and I mean, and it raises a lot of interesting things. Now, the the big thing I've seen is that regardless of who she is, whether it's whether it's Lady Loki, whether it's Enchantress, the the common thread and the feeling is that And I know Pat's mentioned it before, I know Ray's mentioned it before, the concept that they're bringing the Young Avengers in. And that seems to be a definite nod to the the Young Avengers. They were all involved in that sort of thing in the storyline, and they do seem to want to go in that direction. Um, This also could have a lot of ties into uh, Secret Invasion. There's, There's aspects of that 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 you know one uh, like one of the like i don't know like lady loki was a scroll which of course now we're getting back we're coming full circle everybody's a fucking scroll which i know (laughs) ray terrifies the shit out of ray that we're gonna think everybody's a scroll now but they could be and and no one knows but the the spin on it that this variant they're chasing and 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 that loki comes face to face with a a female variant of himself who can possess others and Is every bit as diabolical as he is, even though they do seem to share a moment of honesty with each other near right near the end where (laughs) plans are disclosed. But your guys thoughts on all this, I mean, we could speculate on theories as to who this is and why and what, but the, the, the twist on this with the Lady Loki introduction and where this could be leading, what do you guys think?
2: Well, first off, it, it's funny you brought up the scrolls because with Morpheus, that's automatically—or not Morpheus, Mobius—I I apologize. That's automatically where my mind went. That's Mellon Farmer's scroll. He's got to you know, be a but, scroll. Yeah, yeah. I, I like all the theories that you guys are bringing out. It's 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 interesting, but and you know, I, I reserve the right to change my mind. We're two episodes in, right? But being two episodes in, I'm going to defer to Occam's Razor on this one. Okay. I I mean, and, and, and just thinking about it, man, how interesting, have you guys ever thought about this, is perhaps there is an alternate universe or an alternate reality where you may, there may be a female version of yourself, you know? God, I hope I've she's been hot thinking I've been, at
0: least. Anyway, go ahead, Chris.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing, and then I thought about it, and I said, well, what would a female me look like it looked like my sister jennifer and she is hot get, so i'm good
1: getting a little getting a little get a little homelander over there guys get a little homelander
2: set up.
0: up existential <laughs> <laughs> look ufos are real so anything's possible at this point chris they're good they, they could all it could all just be ufos could be our distant neighbors from our parallel reality coming to check on us and say yeah that melon farmer's fucked up let's leave so <laughs> Uh anyway. oh, you don't
2: want to even you don't want to go down that rabbit hole, Dave, because the fact that the timekeepers are these reptilian beings, you know, there's a there's a a stream of theory out there that say that that's our creation, that these the Anunnaki, these reptilian yep. beings came down and developed human beings, you know. We can go all the way down that rabbit hole. <laughs> that's
0: bonus <laughs> content on uh do we have a Patreon account yet, Tony? No, not not yet. I
1: know whatever Whatever gets us to not have that conversation right
2: now.
0: <laughs> all right. So Tony, your thoughts I, on this. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. I,
2: I, I apologize, man. I'm just saying, man, is it any less plausible than, hey, we were all chilling in the garden and everybody was hanging out and then a the talking snake came and ruined it for everybody. Is it really that less plausible? No, it's not. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying. I'm just saying.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean... It, Listen, maybe all those stories from history wouldn't be so varied if they would have kept one sacred timeline on our Earth, right? There you go. That's you right. Do? That's
0: right. So let me bring that back, Tony. Your uh, your your thoughts on the whole Lady Loki conundrum here?
1: I have no idea. I think we put out you know a few really good hypotheses on what we could be doing here moving forward because you talk about heading into the multiverse and what's coming up with dr strange you talk about thor love and thunder down under coming up so that if that's his daughter (laughs) that's something too right i mean marvel i just well they've got i just love what they're doing with disney it's awesome like i said i don't even need the movies i i don't i mean i'm sure we all want to go back and see the two hour and 15 minute Awesome culmination of whatever phase they're in each time from Marvel in the movie theater. But for right now, Wanda Vision, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and hitting it with Loki, they're 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 fucking crushing it. I don't know that there's better content out there in general.
0: No, not no. Other than like what Mandalorian was doing, but that's also Disney Plus. So hey, you I, know, <laughs> my,
1: my mom had never watched any of the Marvel movies before. Um, WandaVision. And I'm like, you got to watch WandaVision. This is pretty cool. You'll like it. Okay, since then, she's watched WandaVision. She's watched all the Avengers and Iron Man and uh, Black Panther and one other, Doctor Strange. And she watched American... uh, She watched Winter Soldier and Falcon, and she's watching this. So you can't tell me that These series aren't grabbing people that haven't been comic book fans in forever, right? Now, granted, she was a Star Trek fan, so it's a really easy conversion for her to be able to spend disbelief on the sci-fi side of things. So I think they're just capturing a whole new audience of people that aren't just young up and coming, but that have kind of missed this in their past, in their childhood and growing
2: up. This is phenomenal content. And the the bottom line is what it's getting me more excited than anything else is that We're table setting right now. We're literally setting the table for what's to come and that that's the possibilities are endless. And I mean, you've got all this speculation and all, you know, all these theories and stuff like that running around. But the bottom line is, man, we're basically we're just putting the forks and the knives and the spoons and the napkins on the table for what's to come in this next phase of Marvel, whatever that's going to look like.
1: Well, you talk about the three, uh, what is it of the timeline? The three, what are they? The um, timekeepers. The timekeepers. God, I can't, I'm going to have to drink again. Oh, shucks. You talk about the three timekeepers. Well, there's three comic book keepers on Bandwagon Nerds, and Dave is one of those three. So why don't you give us a little bit more informed, comic wise, opinion on what you think is going on with Lady Loki?
0: I have no fucking clue. There's my informed yeah, opinion. Fucker,
1: I, I went through all that to Ask the question, put it on a T and he's like, you know what, Tony? That's a dumb fucking question. I don't know.
0: No, I I that's don't
1: comedy, Tony,
2: and that was well played, Dave.
0: I just don't Dave, Dave. <laughs> I wish I knew. I, I mean my I'm guessing I think the Lady Loki storyline could get really convoluted. I, I'm leaning in the in the direction that it is Enchantress. Uh, or a variation of Enchantress that's going to be involved with uh, with Loki, and, and they're going to probably discover at some point that you know what we're not really dealing with a variant of Loki; we're dealing with a different kind of variant entirely, and and that's that's who the Enchantress is. That's my guess. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm probably wrong, so <laughs> you know, it's all good. Before we leave Loki, I did want to talk the very end of the episode. We've touched on it numerous times in this conversation, the relationship between Loki and Mobius. And it comes to a head at the very end of the episode where Loki is presented with the opportunity to stand with Mobius and continue to help him or to watch out for number one, motherfucker, and get the hell out of there. And he takes option B. He's out for himself. And it becomes clear at the end that, yeah, this is who Loki is. He was biding his time. He's presented with the opportunity to, to escape and be free. And he takes that with... Really, not too much contemplation, so now you've got you've got time bombs about to go off and destroy the timeline and send us into utter chaos. You've got Lady Loki enchantress Sylvie, whoever the hell knows, she's orchestrated all this. We don't know what her end game or her machinations are. Loki is now apparently loose in the time stream somewhere, and we don't know where. Your guys' thoughts on where we might be heading for episode three, if you have any, and you can tell me, day fuck off. Just like, you know, you know, it's too convoluted for me. I'm just gonna sit back and watch. But do you guys have any thoughts with all that going on? Where we might be heading low with key, episode.
2: Low-key going low-key, man. And shenanigans shall ensue. And I can't wait.
1: Fair enough. I think you're gonna see a TVA that's not solely focused on what's happening in the storyline that you've been given as far as low-key on Disney Plus, right? I think you're gonna see their efforts spread out to try and control all those barbs that came off the sacred timeline. Right. I, it, do, do they have a way of knowing where the literal time bomb dropped into? Like we kind of seen what was happening, but are they, I th- think you're going to be trying to figure out what happened for most of the episode. And then you're going to kind of at the end, you might get something where, oh boy, in the next episode, we're going to have some confrontation and we might get to the bottom of something and see which way the story's going to turn. Because after next week, we're halfway home, folks.
0: We're in the home stretch, so you know that, that's as good a place as any to end the Loki conversation a very:
1: yeah, let's take up. That's
0: right. that's where we're gonna stop right now, folks. And we're gonna go and kick it over to PC C to lead us into our first commercial break.
1: Oh, we can definitely do that. We don't even have to hit the commercials today. Chris, you want to tell everybody about them fine T shirts we got going on at the uh, prowrestlingtees dot com forward slash the chair shot.
2: I certainly will. And somebody's got a a bet coming up now. You know, I've lost, and I'm going to have to take myself to prowrestlingtees dot forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot T shirt. But all jokes aside, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at The Chair Shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out here at The Chair Shot is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the shot. We literally have something for everybody. You sick of the journalism and the muck and the mire and the media in this country? Guess what? We've got a hashtag journalism shirt. Are you the religious type? Guess what? Jesus did the job. His dad was the promoter. Do you like Corona? Well, there's a Corona t-shirt with the chair shot logo on it as well. And many, many other cool designs. I guarantee that if you peruse pro forward slash the chair shot by perusing pro forward slash dot com shit pro forward slash d chair shot. I fucked it up, but I guarantee by perusing pro dot com forward slash the chair shot you will find a shirt that you guarantee that you like and i guarantee it more importantly you're going to be supporting your favorite website for news reviews opinion and analysis with attitude because you are smarter than the average fan that's why you come to the chair shot right so again pro wrestling dot com forward slash the chair shot please and thank you thank you and please the chair shot dot com it's not just a website folks we're a movement I give me 7 out of 10 because I fluffed it a little bit. But y'all get the point. com forward slash the chair shot.
1: You're listening to Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. We now return you to Bandwagon Nerds.
0: Wonder, I'm just wondering. Listening to Chris's uh,
1: rundown so, well, of, all,
0: of all of the all of the great content, you know, of all of the great shirts that the Chairshot has, I'm really surprised we haven't come up with COVID was a work. You know that that's. That's the shirt that we probably
2: need to. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I could smoke a bag of that, man. You, I'm here for that.
1: Uh, I'm here the for fact that. that Chris likes it so much, and I hesitated when I don't hesitate at a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that one kingpin, uh, G, G. DeMarco, would be thrilled with that. No. One. I don't know if he'd like to. I don't know if that's a that's a river he'd like to get into with no paddles.
0: No, I tell hey, you, man. I tell you, it would sell well with half the country. We'll put it that way and just leave it, say, at, man, leave it at leave it at that.
1: You know,
2: yeah, all rights spend money too. You know, <laughs>
0: that's a lot of it. they has got a lot of money over on the right. So shit. All right, we're not going to get political here, but we are going to talk about something different uh um, you know in in, in, pri- in private conversations we were talking that you know this event went down this week that was hardly discussed in our bandwagon nerds chat which kind of surprised me and it's almost like it kind of flew under the radar because it got canceled last year and it, it was done this year it was still virtual although california's lifted all restrictions i'm not sure they probably couldn't put it together that fast but the biggest video game conference arguably i mean there's other ones gamescom and that sort of thing in the world is e3 and e3 has been at the center of video games for geez guys what decades at least a decade now i've been to a few of them i've been to a few of them in in, in in la it's 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 pretty easy to get into e3 you only have to kind of like act like you're affiliated with the industry yeah i got a blog i talk about video games can i get in sure And that's pretty much all it takes. So uh, if you've ever been to E3, I mean, I've been to E3 and BlizzCon and these big video game conventions are are pretty awesome. When you get to sit there and and play around with these games that haven't come out yet and that sort of thing. But E3 was done this past week, the biggest video game conference in the world. Like I said, arguably it's debatable, but it's certainly the most well-known in the United States. Um, It was done virtually. But that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of good news that came out, and, and a lot of good game reveals and stuff like that. And I don't know, did you guys get a chance to kind of like thumb around and see what happened at E3 that you were interested in, or uh, or anything like that?
2: I, I, I did, but they, they let they let me in free because I told them I was the guy that played Dwarf on uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. So yeah, <laughs> I could see that. I,
1: I could see that happening. Yeah,
2: my bad, buddies. Please continue.
1: I did peruse through some of the things that were dropping and uh, I did effort DP to get on here. I thought you could have got some really nice insight from him. Uh, maybe check out a winner as you in the future. They might go over that, but I saw some names drop. I am not I am I play video games, but I am really a sports video game guy, so a lot of these titles get lost on me, although I have heard a lot of this stuff. And seeing a couple different platforms that people were disinterested in the direction they were going. I know Nintendo Switch had something that people were upset about. Um, Let me tell you something that directly involves this that I got a chance to do uh, about 10 days ago. DP has the VR setup in his basement. And it is amazing. He's got the handhelds with the headset. And he doesn't have the wireless one. And I asked him why. And he said, well, what he does is he has a carpet that's square that fits about inside the prism in which you play, okay? So while you can't see only what's in front of you, you can feel, you almost have a warning track, right? And you got the wire on top, that's kind of keeping you central. So you have your sensors in front of you on the headset. But if you stand right where you're supposed to and start at North, to the Northwest and to the Southeast, he has uh, sensors that pick up movement in, a ha- in 360 degrees around him. So the problem with the wireless ones he was having and heard about is when your hands go behind your head, they have no idea where your hands are, right? So it was amazing. I played for about 45 minutes. I would suggest taking it slow or not drinking because I felt a little bit like I was in a different world when I got done. Uh, I can tell you I played a football game that looked like NFL Blitz and I was the quarterback and I actually had to catch the ball and throw the ball and release it. And it was a lot of fun. There's a learning curve to this, and then I got to play a shoot 'em up zombie game, which was which was really cool. Uh, I can tell you, I did uh, not see the blitz on the blind side coming one time, and I jumped. I literally jumped back away from the defender. Uh, so it's it's that real. He told me a couple stories. His brother actually uh, r- took a hard right into the wrestling uh, characters on the wall at one time, and his niece, uh, she dove for something in front of her. And went face first into the couch. So it's a really interesting, awesome experience. I know you see a lot of things like that, like Oculus and things of that nature. It's the next step in gaming, and it's it's really, really, really cool. Um, I just thought I'd get that story out there talking about E3.
0: Now, doesn't he have Valve Index? Is that what he has?
1: You would have to ask him. I think he
0: told me that once. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot with the VR, but I know it's extraordinarily immersive and really kind of gets you to the point where you can't discern reality from what's going on around you. Very Ready Player One-ish.
1: When he, he said, when he gets into, because he's got all these gimmick games like uh, horseshoes, hot dogs, and hand grenades where you, you know, just stick around and stuff. But he says when he gets an actual video game in there that it's a game he would be playing on a PS5 or something else with an actual story and he's the first person and everything else. He says, I have to set a half hour timer and I have to have a fan blowing wind on me so that I know, realize that I'm still in reality because it's that fucking good, right? He's like, one time I played so long, uh, the next day I, I woke up and I, I was in the kitchen and I wanted to go walk to the fridge and I, instead I put my hand out and pushed the thumb button and I realized, oh, I'm not in VR, I have to go walk over to the fridge
2: right say that again that's crazy it's 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 the risk
0: that these as technology and now and you got to (laughs) understand you know dp's dp's got lost dp's got vr from you know last generation ps4 xbox one now if you look at some of the stuff and i know finding gameplay for the ps5 and the xbox series x and some of the games coming out is a little hit and miss but some of the graphics on this we are like that close like a you know millimeters away from photorealism with some of the games that are coming out right now um i did like like yeah but with vr you can really get lost and, and 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 that's the one of the risks is that you can get so detached from reality which is if you've seen ready player one chris that's really what that's all about is that immersion to the point that you don't want to be in the real world because the fantasy world is so much better which, you know, honestly he has his, we're talking 108 so, in Bakersfield or, or 75 on the beach in virtual Miami.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. So he has his origin spot of when you turn on the system, uh, set to be at the top of a building in Gotham. Right. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to like, first I see the prism around me. So he's like, you know, feel where you're at this. You should stay in here. You might hurt, get hurt, you know? And, uh, and he turns it on and you're on the top of this building and I don't like heights. Like I wasn't scared, but I was like, that's pretty fucking real. Yeah. And then you, you, as you walk, take a step, you're get a little closer there. There's everything as you move, it's moving. It's not like, Oh, can I see the other side of the bird on duck hunt? If I lean over, Nope, it's the same fucking view. But if you turn your head one way, yeah, man, you, you can feel like you're going off the edge real quick. I, I haven't done it. I, I can see, Go
0: ahead, Chris. Go ahead,
2: Dave. I apologize. I'm just saying, I haven't
1: haven't
0: done it yet, but I want to try it.
2: I'm interested too, man. I'm intrigued because it sounds really cool, but it's also kind of scary. Because y'all know how I am, man. I I I take shit all the way left. So I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna talk about what I'm seeing here, but it's kind of it's just kind of scary. Like to people to be that immersed within, especially if your reality sucks. Yeah, you know Like, how
0: come Chris hasn't been on Potter's War for like a month? Oh, he's in Narnia <laughs> somewhere, and we haven't seen him.
1: I will track his ass back from Narnia. He knows that he can't go. He can't go far enough away. You better steal that fucking cube that that uh, Loki's carrying around to get away from me, brother.
2: Chris needs a, a tesseract. T- that's a shoot. I tried to quit, and yeah. Tony wouldn't let me.
1: <laughs> I just kept saying, Oh, all right. Yep, see you Wednesday at four. He's like, "I'm not doing it." I'm like, "All right, Wednesday bye," and I hung up. Nice. Guess what happened on Wednesday? We recorded a podcast.
0: There you go. You're yeah. We're we might be talking some Godfather later on, Chris. Right when you think they're out, they pull you back in, baby. That's that's how it works, man. Wow. So, uh, yeah, at E3, I mean. They did. It wasn't like uh, in years past where, uh, obviously, you know, the, you got the big consoles were all released last year, last holiday season. You still can't get them. You still can't get a Series X or a PS5. You can get a Switch now. I think you can get a Nintendo Switch. Uh, but it, this year was all about the games. And, and, yeah, let's be honest, E3 2021, far from perfect. How is it going to be when it's a virtual con? And, and you know, you do have no big announcements. And we're very early in the life cycle of these uh these systems but i did identify you know just going through looking at, at videos and seeing what was released there were like i came up with like a, 10 games that i saw that i really kind of liked that i wanted to kind of run by you guys and and kind of give you some details and some release dates for the people who are out there the video game fans um, i have to ask tony to talk to dp about this because i'm pretty sure on dp's top 50 video games of all time he had psychonauts on his list and i heard One of the things they announced at E3 is that there's a Psychonauts sequel officially coming out. I don't know the details or the release date, but I wanted Tony to ask maybe DP about that to see if Psychonauts was on his list and what, and that could be topic for winners you to have DP discuss Psychonauts too. Was that on his list?
1: Tony? Pretty sure it was. Yeah. I heard him talk about that. Uh, To go back to the systems, not being available before you get too far into the list. I know, uh, our buddy Satchel McFlippins, who's a big PlayStation guy, he can't find a PS5 right now. That's a true. That's a real name, Chris. Don't laugh. And he told he told DP, he goes, "If you can find one, because Dan found one, he goes, buy it and I'll will pay you back, you know." And uh, I tried that. Dan said, "Fuck you! You'll never pay me back." No, that's not true. Um, but the reason he wanted that's not true. Uh, the reason that he wanted it is because what is it? Ratchet and Clank is coming out soon.
0: Uh, I didn't, that's one I didn't see, but it's probably, that sounds right.
1: It's coming months. And like, I know people are really dying to get that on the PS five. So, but yes, uh, I believe what you're talking about is definitely on his list. I know he has played that, that series. Right. Ratchet and
2: Clank. Yeah. I've seen that movie. That's the, that's, that's the one with Jasmine cashmere, right?
0: I don't know.
2: Somebody, somebody, somebody will get that joke. Go ahead. Dave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: i think like they they had a lot of xbox information at at e3 nintendo direct returned they had not been involved with e3 for the past couple years i think sony checked out for the most part and didn't have it a a, an exclusive like panel but they've got one coming up if i recall correctly but but the games i saw that i wanted to ask you guys about one of them was the only thing i saw mentioned in our, our chat that ray had mentioned um they got a guardians of the galaxy game coming out in october that looks pretty cool. It looks like it's third person, uh, story based game. Seems to be different than the Avengers game that came out. That didn't get to, it wasn't very well received critically. Although I like the game. I mean, there's there's definite problems with it, but the Guardians game looks cool. You got you got Rocket. You got Drax. You got Star Lord. Um, but yeah, October. What do you guys think? Uh,
1: Guardians of the Galaxy game. What? So what's the? I mean, to pick who you want to play as. Think, Is it like Teenage think, Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, I think. Uh, do you have a different storyline for each person? No. Or do you have to. You just. You get to this part, you're Quinn. You get to this part, you're Rocket. You get to this part, I, I am grouped. I mean.
0: It, I think it's from the perspective of Star Lord. And, and you get to control okay. the other guardians here okay. and there.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Which, you know. It, uh. it, Eh, yeah,
0: it, it could be good, but it, it looked, the graphically, it looked pretty good. Um, This is for Pat, the one that I saw. It's a Final Fantasy spinoff that's, it's like a, based on like the Souls series, which is, which is a fun series, brutally difficult, but it's a, it, they're fun games called uh, Strangers of Paradise. That's uh, one that I saw that looks kind of interesting. Um, we got, I, and I don't know if this is the one you were talking about for Nintendo that created an uproar, but you got Mario and Rabbids, Sparks of Hope that's coming out in 2022 that's the uh sequel to mario and you know you got the mario franchise mixed in with the rabbits franch- franchise and i guess the first one was was uh overlooked quite a bit but most of the people i talked to think it was a very good game did you ever play it you guys ever play that
2: i have not um yeah now they're back cool though you know
0: yeah it does uh, from the sports gamer standpoint though um they did come out officially and, and announced forza horizon five which looks absolutely fantastic and anybody who's played forza horizon in the past knows the forza series is very much gran turismo like and then horizon adds like a burnout element to the whole thing and it gets very arcadey but uh, it's coming out i got the date november 9th 2021 so not very far off at all the game is based in mexico not made in mexico but the storyline is based in mexico Forza Horizon, I haven't played a bad one of those yet. Tony, have you played any of these games, Chris? You guys, Yeah, I,
2: I gotta I, I gotta be honest, Dave. I tapped out. I, I love video games, but I, I tapped out a few years ago. I not that I don't want to play video games. I don't think I deserve to play video games. I don't have enough money in the bank yet to play video games. Plus that's my retirement plan. When I get about eighty, I'm just gonna sit around all day, smoke weed and play video games.
0: We'll finally get through Fuck Final eight. Fantasy yeah. 7 <laughs> 30 years from now um, <laughs> That's cool now, 40, uh, son of a bitch okay. <laughs> uh, for, the P- for the PC gamers out there We got Age of Empires 4 coming out I don't know if you guys have played any of the Age of Empires games Those are really good RTS Civilization building games That's October twenty eighth, 2021 So that's not far off uh, Tony, here's one I'm pretty sure you're going to relate to me on metroid dread coming out october 8th 2021 2d yeah you know metroid so it's a 2d metroid game it's got a 3d kind of it's a 3d look to it but it's a 2d side scroller this looks absolutely fantastic the metroid franchise of course is absolutely fantastic i i love metroid prime one of my favorite games i got to say, I do have a soft spot for the 2D side-scrolling sort of Metroid games. This one looked really good. Tony, I know you've played the Metroid games, and and Chris, apparently you have as well.
1: Yeah, the problem is is I play the sports games, so it's like I get so entrenched in them. The the new Metroid I would definitely be interested in. Maybe it's something I'll be like, uh, tell Dan to buy on the hard copy, and I'll just take it from him when I go over there, but... Yeah, I, it's definitely something that I am a fan of. Like when I go away from sports, I do kind of go back to the same classic genres, if you will, know, the same classic set lists of the games I used to play that that still have carried on into the next uh, dimensions of gaming, if you will.
2: Do they have a new Mega Man, Dave?
1: They
0: didn't announce anything like that, Chris. Sorry. I'm what sure. I'm sure they're thinking about it. Thirty-eight right you're gonna have to wait till you're 81 for that one Chris so um, uh,
2: reason, all the more reason to live baby because so, I'm like I'm like
0: Tony I'm a sports gamer as well that's my first love but I do like some of these other Damn. these other genres uh, speaking of one one that I saw Starfield which is Bethesda's next big game we know if Bethesda knows how to do something it's make really expansive RPGs they they're pretty good at that Uh this one is coming out November 11th 2022 so it's a ways off but um, You got to see a little bit of it. It wasn't, and I'm trying to remember if Bethesda did Mass Effect or if somebody else did. I forget who what Bethesda did. But this one looks a little bit more um like Interstellar was what I'd seen more as opposed to like Star Wars or something where it's this big galactic thing. It's a little bit more tertiary as far as the alien civilizations and stuff. Of course, from people like me who, you know, it was like my number two best video game of all time was Halo, Halo Infinite confirmed coming out holiday 2021 there's your killer app for the xbox series x lots of information came out about the single player uh some stuff came out about the multiplayer it always kind of warms my heart to see people cutting other people down with plasma swords that's that just it makes gives me that warm and fuzzy feeling guys i don't know maybe it's just me these guys are looking at me like i've lost it um
1: see? Here's the thing. I'm a slash and burn kind of guy. So I get impatient really quick. And on the other hand, when I'm playing a sports game, I'm like, all right, let's turn this, crank this all the way the fuck up and see how bad I am to start. Right. And then come backwards. But I, am the guy that ends up, I I end up just going online and and finding out what I'm supposed to do. And then it gets boring, you know, very impatient storyline wise. I, I did like the, I did play the call of duty series for a while. I didn't mind that trying to figure out some of the clues there, but it all got a little complex for me. Uh, I'm trying to think of what just came out uh, for free over the pandemic. Journey played a little yeah, bit of that. Journey's interesting. And then, um, man, I'll, I'll figure out what the other one was. Car- carry on. Journey's. I'm just.
0: Go ahead, Chris.
2: I'm just. I'm just tickled pink, man, that Mike Insiglieri has a bloodlust. I'm like, "Okay, cool, man. So I know who to call, man, when we need to dispose of the body. I, I could work with this." I, All right? I've cool. I played
0: I've played my fair <laughs> share of Halo multiplayer in the past, Christopher. So It
1: feels like we're building Headshot. Towards something here. We're in a body before we had, you know. All right, anyway. Yeah.
0: Something. We're we're building a we're we're coming up with controversial t-shirts and headshots. So there you go. That's uh That's the, something. The,
2: yeah. Which uh, apparently thanks to virtual reality, nobody's going to get headshots anymore. Like, why go out and try to meet a nice woman when you can just fuck your virtual reality, man?
1: There you go. <laughs> so, here, I'll tell you what it is. I just pulled up the screen on my PS4. The Uncharted collection was oh, free to download during the pandemic. Yes. And I started with the second one. And that opening scene where you're trying to get off of the train the that's train. falling into the ravine, yeah. it, it, was, it was awesome. It was so fun. And then I got to the second part, and I was inside of a weird stone building and it was all about puzzles and I'm like I just can I shoot someone what it okay let's go online oh it's up by the smoke detector up there oh, okay yeah who the fuck looks up there um anyway
0: <laughs> it was ranked high on our list if I recall on the video game project Fun game. Uh, Fun game. yeah they we also got some news and they did some in-game footage i guess of uh Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 for Nintendo uh,
1: all right now we can talk right okay. like probably the best collection of games non like take sports out of it for me probably for everybody all time you got people just going crazy over it right i mean what's your favorite zelda dave
0: uh probably still ocarina of time i think is probably still my Uh, favorite
1: and that that was the cube gamecube right
0: uh n64 Uh, gamecube was was uh gamecube was oh shit not twilight princess which one was that Prince of well, Tides? Was it. was it Prince of Tides who was GameCube? I so. The GameCube was the one where you had a lot of sailing was going on. I remember that part of it.
1: Yes. I am partial to, from Super Nintendo, um, what is it, Legends of the Past, right? Yeah, Link, to the past. Link to the Past. Link to the Past, yeah. And then carrying forward, it was one of those games where Dan and I would play it together, right? It was a game you could play with someone that you had a connection with about it, like he was a much better gamer than I, but there's parts that I could do as well as he could. It's the time we're just thinking together, but very fun game to sit back and collaborate with a friend. So definitely looking forward to that. I'll probably make it a point to actually play that with him. If he can wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it's coming out on the switch. It, it, the, what I saw, they've got like a, there's one part of it where Hyrule's like in the sky and they're doing stuff like skyland or something. And and they got clouds all over the place. And I mean, the Zelda games have evolved greatly from their humble origins from the NAS to where we are now, which is like, wow, those graphics on the Switch are really pretty damn good. So yeah, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 looks like that's definitely one you're going to want to check out.
1: And you can head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot, pick yourself up a winner is you t-shirt, which says it's dangerous to game alone. Take this, the shot logo.
0: Exactly shout out to a winner please
2: please don't game alone especially with this whole new virtual reality world we have to procreate (laughs) man and keep making human beings okay please find somebody to game with i don't care who it is you like guys you like girls i don't give a shit man just find somebody else make a human interaction please can we do that find somebody
0: else to pull your ass out of that virtual reality so that you come back to the real world and you're not just lost forever you do have to eat, uh, and maybe don't drink,
2: maybe so, maybe shower. Yeah, maybe yeah. eat and shower every now and again too. Just, you just know? every
0: once in a while, you know. Jesus.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: the last the game. Flies I, away. Last game I wanted to talk about is coming out January twenty first, twenty twenty two. Not too far off. This game had all the buzz. It kind of started off like Xbox's E three thing. It's called Elden Elden Ring. I think it's called Elden Ring. Man, the graphics on this are nuts. This looks very much like Elder Scrolls. If you've ever played Morrowind or Oblivion or any of that sort of stuff it looks like it's got all that stuff going on uh it, this this was probably by far the most impressive game that i saw and, and the most immersive it and, and i'm not i forget who makes the game but it's not far off january 21st 2022 so look those are 10 games um i i hopefully i'm hoping dp listens to this episode maybe we can get some feedback from him maybe you can talk about some of these on a winner's you and, and kind of get some you know, some cross promotion between the two shows and see what he thinks about what he his thoughts on E3, whether he was in, interested in any of these games. There's there's a lot of stuff that came out, a lot of other things that were worth mentioning that. I just figure, shit, we got to get to other stuff, you know, and and that's all I got on E3. So pretty good conference from what I saw the stuff that i saw i mean e3 is always difficult it's like in the old days g4 used to do all this coverage of e3 and it was great because it was all in one place and now we know g4 is supposedly coming back one of these days but we'll see any, any final thoughts on the uh on e3 guys i know you didn't exactly see a ton of it but because <laughs> chris doesn't have enough money I, I... to play video games so
2: I know, man, but I apologize to all the nerds out there listening that I couldn't offer any sort of expert analysis or really anything other than some bad jokes. So for, uh, on behalf of the bandwagon nerds and the listening audience, I sincerely apologize.
1: It's all good, man. It it sounds like a lot of great titles are coming out, a lot of great, um, you know, forthright iterations of games we've enjoyed in the past as well, so... The gaming community is alive and well. Things things are moving and shaking. And if you haven't tried out VR, try and find a way to do it somewhere and just kind of take it a little bit at a time. It is such an amazing experience. Um, just to throw out the video game news that Dave and I, I think are, I'll speak for Dave here, are both most excited about considering the U.S. Open is going on currently as we record that PGA Tour 2K22 We'll have Tiger Woods, and nice. we'll have Augustus. So we can't wait for that. Okay, nice.
0: well, is its is it 2K or is it EA's? Because we're getting two golf games now. EA's got their own thing, and I thought – I don't know who's getting – this is a thing Is like –
1: I hope <laughs> I Tiger to, didn't go to EA. And I, I, 2K I don't, is – you play 20, right? We have the same game, right? right? With, it's with, great. With uh, Justin Thomas. It, it, I don't want them to change that. no. I, but I don't Tiger, Tiger Woods was EA, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, But every yeah. EA didn't have a golf game. EA took over. two well, so K took over pretty much everything but right. football. Now, if there's yeah. if there's yeah.
0: anything wrong yeah. with t- the two K golf game, Tony, and you probably know, is that none of the majors are on there. I think maybe the PGA is on there, but there's no Masters, there's no U.S. Open, there's no British Open, um, and that no. was the only only complaint that a lot of people had about it is you're missing some really iconic courses that ea probably has the rights to
1: right it's the it's the legends championship it's the northwest open and it's the royal championship or something like that so you know which ones they are the problem is is you don't have those dynamic courses except for sawgrass on there right like you don't even have saint andrews so it just sucks because part of the problem with video games and especially if you're a sports video game person I suppose I don't know a whole ton about the first and third person kind of things going on especially since I don't play them as much but I bet you it's a problem with a lot of people the marriage of gameplay with you know storytelling and 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 execution and the problem is 2K has done such a great job execution wise for gameplay that you can adjust that dial and get right into where you need to be so that you're not crushing the competition every week if you don't want to right that their swing stick and meter is amazing on how accurate it's going to read your thumb pulling back and coming forward and they give you an ability to narrow and and widen that that part of the 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 swing stick that, that puts you in place so man that's too bad i I don't even know. I, I'd have to wait and see how you or somebody else thought the gameplay was for if it's an EA game as opposed to 2K because I'd rather have better gameplay. Like I can create those courses right. or go download them from people's creations on there.
0: Well, I'll give a shout out to uh, Sports Gamers Online, an excellent site devoted to sports gaming. Um, they had they've got their own podcast now. I listen to their game pass. They they had a whole like thirty forty five minutes talking about PGA 2K versus ea's 2k and whether the market was such that it could really support two golf games and they were of the opinion that probably not you know it would be okay if like let's say 2k brings out a game one year ea brings out the one the next year and they kind of have some sort of i don't know agreement or partnership which we know 2k and ea are never going to have any sort of partnership that they're going to try and say you guys need both of these golf games no i really don't you know it's it's like saying do i need two baseball back when you used to have like uh you know 2k had their baseball game and you had the show no i don't need both of those you know that sort of thing one one is fine and one and the other not so much so we'll see i mean yeah there there was some news about madden 22 but you know anything the, anything yeah anything madden the, related i'm just like uh you know when the gameplay catches up to the graphics and talk to me and until then don't you know that sort of thing because madden's been uh not so great the last couple of years but Anyway, let's leave video games behind us. Tony, you got anything on this?
1: No, I was just going to beg on Madden. It's been the same game for about 12 years. And, yes, Tiger Woods is going to be EA Sports PGA Tour Road to the Masters.
2: There you go. Uh, the, market, the, the market can't handle two golf games, but it'll be a market correction, you know, similar to Cindy Lauper and Madonna or Michael Keaton and Tom Hanks or – uh, uh Michael Sarah and Jesse, what's his name? Einhorn or Einstein or whatever the fuck. Like Eisenberg. the market will thank you. Eisenberg. The market will figure Jesse it out. the body yeah, Ventura the and Michael Sarah? Really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Calvis Calvis Lebert. <laughs> Careless
2: Levert, sir. Careless LeBert. Cool. Yeah, that's wrong too.
0: Well, guys, what do you think? Do you want to take our second commercial break and then uh get into some interesting kind of miscellaneous topics here? And uh, let, let's go ahead and do that. Who, who Who wants Who wants to do all the talking? Can we improve on Chris Platt's seven out of ten last time, or should we just let the machine I do it?
1: Yeah, we're gonna let the machine do it. You're listening to the Bandwagon Nerds on Chairshot Radio
2: Network. He thinks.
1: Yeah, India Echo Lima Delta.
2: Always use your head.
0: Man, that sounded like a ten out of ten to me. I mean that was that was excellent. No no flubs really? or anything. Word. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded great, Mr. Platt. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right. So let's get into this uh <laughs> this weird topic that uh that I don't think Patrick wanted us to delve too deeply into, but oh, we but we gotta talk I gotta about get it. More
3: whiskey. Yeah, you got
0: to get more whiskey for this. So what happened was, and and I got to try and pull it up. And if I, you know, pulling anything up with this conversation is kind of dangerous. But there was something going on this week where an episode of Harley Quinn, DC had asked the the producers of Harley Quinn uh, to kind of scale back something or not do something. I'm trying to find out exactly what it was. So anyway, to make a long story short we got controversy reigning supreme because apparently there's something in a Harley Quinn episode where Batman ends up going down on Catwoman and the guys at DC didn't like this so much because it's going to affect marketing and you can't have Batman doing these sorts of things with Catwoman, even though it's kind of the same sort of shit that human beings have done forever, (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, and, and this has led to kind of a shitstorm of controversy about stuff. So, you know, I, I didn't want to delve too deeply into this whole thing, but, you know, we kind of invented our own term, you know, we're kind of inventing t-shirts and terms and stuff. And, and, and Patrick O'Dowd, God love him, came up with the term battlingus. And, uh, I think <laughs> that, that, I think we need to, I told them, I said, we need to trademark that that is so damn good that, uh, it needs to be trademarked, but, your guys thoughts on this very strange (laughs) controversy that we had earlier this week with the uh, sexual exploits of one Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle.
2: You telling me Bruce Wayne ain't eating the box or I guess more aptly the cat like (laughs) number two and what, what what's the context for what they took out like how do we get to that like we just cut the scene and Batman's just eating the box like, where, okay. where do we? <laughs> so I, fa- I
0: found it. So <laughs> what's
2: the context?
0: Dude? Here's the thing. Discussing film at discussing film. This is early in the week. This conversation on bandwagon nerds chat got going. DC asked the Harley Quinn team to remove a scene from season three in which Batman performs oral sex on Catwoman. They were like, no, it's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. Okay.
2: Well, you're clearly selling <laughs> I, the wrong type of toys, of toys, number one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, what
0: kind of toys are we <laughs> talking about <laughs> here?
2: And and, and and what is Selena doing? Like, is she on the phone? Is she eating some Chinese food? You know, is she bathing? Like, what what's the – I want to know more about the context in this episode in which Batman was eating the box.
0: I haven't seen it. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't no, nobody
2: has. Been. No, apparently
0: nobody's seen it. And DC doesn't want anybody to see it because they're like, hey, look, man, kids are playing with these toys and we can't have them playing with these toys. If Batman's, you know, going down on Catwoman, I'm like, uh, have you seen anything on YouTube lately that the kids are watching nowadays? You, you really are concerned about that. And, and what? I mean, that's probably, to be honest, going to drive Batman sales toys numbers through the roof. It's like, ah. That's my man right there, Batman. He he's he's, you know, it's a whole not a selfish lover. That's right. That's right. He's all about giving and receiving pleasure. So naturally this has led to a slew of memes and things like that. And it's it's gotten pretty funny. I think Ray posted something yesterday about Zack Snyder <laughs> saying it's canon with a graphic of Batman doing the deed on Catwoman. Um so the- how the fuck you think the kids
2: got here? You worried about the bait. How the fuck you think the kids got here?
0: Well, I mean, it raises the interesting question that I want to give out. Tunny's got some double exposure going on in his uh video. There's like it's like a ghost of Tunny behind him and oh my god, that's virtual reality. There you go, Chris. I don't know if you're seeing it no, on your he, end too.
2: He he just needs a tan, that's all. It's just Tunny. He's just he him and his t-shirt are literally the same color. <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look at how
2: much worse it gets. Oh, farmer's tan, too. That, that's a oh, bruise. I, that's not a tan. Get out of here. That's well, a bruise, sir. Yeah, what
1: you want me
0: to do? So I that's get, a bruise, sir. I guess a couple things I wanted to ask you guys about is like you know, this whole concept yeah, of Superman's
2: gay. Yeah.
0: What Superman's what?
2: Batman's gay. Yeah. Oh no. I, well, there's nothing wrong. With, nothing that, wrong yeah.
0: with that. They got plenty yeah. of there's plenty of gay superheroes. Shatterstar and and Longshot and stuff like that. Let let you know. Let's let's keep it focused. The idea of superheroes, you know, your superheroes, your heroes, comic book people actually doing stuff that like normal people do, sexual relations. I mean, is this something worth discussing or is this just dumb?
2: It's hilarious, man. I'm I'm just saying, man, I'm going back to the Batman's gay thing, man, just for a second, because there's a difference between context and subtext. And the thing about subtext is with subtext, it's not necessarily what the the creator had in mind, but it's there nonetheless. So when you look back, okay, we found out Batman don't need the box. So if you look back on the canon of Batman and think about it for a second, okay, well, okay, you don't need the box, okay? You clearly have mommy issues because we know how this whole thing started, right? You could probably live a really nice life. You can go find you a beautiful woman and just run your dad's company and be, you know, Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or something like that and have a really nice life. But instead, you choose to go out every night dressed in spandex and fight a bunch of men that you're not going to kill. I'm I'm, I'm picking up on some vibes here with the bat, man. Just say with the bat, man. I'm just saying. I mean, how much better would the world be if you just killed the Joker? But you choose not to. It's kind of like, you know, that old game. You say, well, if you can go back in time and kill baby Hitler, of course you would. The world would be a much better place without Hitler and the motherfucker. But it, within the context of that DC universe, it's the same thing applies for Batman and the Joker. But yet he refuses to kill the Joker. And Dave, you're, you're a comic book head, so you know, there's also been times in the comic books where the Joker had Batman dead to rights and refused to kill him. So I'm starting to see maybe there's some homoerotic shit going on there between Batman and the Joker. I mean, they're already two sides of the same coin. I'm I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying not, I have
0: I have what? yet to really read that into anything that I've read about those two guys. They uh, they've got some weird issues as far as that, why they won't kill each other. I'm not sure it has to do with their affection for each other, so to speak. But you never know, you you know, you, you know, you never know that that's true. But uh, I mean, yeah, the concept of uh, of super. Go oh, ahead, Chris.
2: Oh, my bad. I, I gotta i apologize Dave. I just gotta say this as well. Bruce also takes in teenage boy orphans and and mentors them in quotation marks.
0: He's Michael Jackson, yeah, I mean you know it's it's all good, <laughs> so <laughs> no, and
2: now I, I'm acceptable I didn't even know that was possible <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, all these issues aside, yeah, the idea that that superheroes can't be involved in relationships i mean what did, what did patrick call hawkeye a couple weeks ago the biggest man whore in the marvel universe and uh so we know that that this stuff's going on in the comics it's not like these are all chase people you know it's not like every every female character is running around with a virginity belt on or something like that
2: listen the our know, thing- bodies together they go there's some fucking going on sure. superheroes be fucking man
1: that's right go ahead tony yeah Oh, uh, that's what I was going to say before Chris cut me off. So no worries. It's all good. I don't know if I necessarily want to be involved in this conversation where you guys have been going. But yes, the closest <laughs> thing you're going to get to a bunch of superheroes being together at one time and needing a release after training real hard is going to be. The Olympics. Did you know that they're thinking about banning alcohol from the Olympic Village? That sounds pretty dumb because now you're just gonna have a bunch of fights. Let them relax a little bit, you know. Have bushel barrels of condoms on each doorstep, and hey, you know, here, here's some triple antibiotic. Go at it.
0: People've been locked up for a while. You better get a lot of condoms going on in the Olympic Village, so you know. Oh, I I'm heard just it's saying,
1: nuts I heard stories. <laughs> I know a couple Olympians. <laughs>
2: I mean, all in all though, this shit is hilarious to me, man. And I'm you know, we getting these jokes off and talking some shit. I, I just thought the whole thing was funny that Batman doesn't eat box.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, you I mean, why? He's Batman. Of course he is. Come over here and lay down right
2: by me. Yeah.
0: You know, that sort of thing. So
2: <laughs> he, he does the Batman voice too, what is he doing? I I
0: hope he I hope he does. I really hope. <laughs>
2: you live it to an ordinary system well, before he starts
1: before he, before he starts he puts the voice box right there and he talks above it you know and gets it going you can feel that urge hey are you ready I'm getting down in there up oh, here I go and then the vibration goes away and it's ready to go and then you just whoop, right on the spot good to go. Alfred kind of gives him the exact pinpoint analysis and oh, yeah. rock and roll, man. You bat- know that he's got bat- shit
0: on that utility belt. That, that's perfect yes, for the occasion, yes, man.
2: He's he got
0: great. the
2: bat You get what I'm going the, the for, vi-
0: man. The I- vibratter the vibe- There you go. The vi-batter. batter There you I go.
2: That's for it. your pl-
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right let's 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 get pat patrick's going to be just up in arms about this conversation but anyway we hope uh hopefully it made you smile a little bit in between cringing pat go ahead ray or, oh, or where's ray?
2: don't fight it it's for your pleasure <laughs> i'm the other one dave i'm I'm chris i'm the other one
0: uh that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, i did want to ask you guys it raised a conversation and i know ray put a few people in there as well some of your favorite couples i mean sexual stuff notwithstanding there are couples in superheroes and uh
1: (laughs) just the fucking way that we're transitioning into that it's fucking amazing and not in any way i provoking someone to force anyone else into something they're not you know in favor of sexually just so we're all clear and hitting all the boxes making sure that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of
0: boxes being hit so
1: and apparently, no, some of them are Salinas, right? <laughs> there he is. This is a very tongue-in-cheek comedic, uh, <laughs> yeah, tongue-in-cheek.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: I did want to get your guys' thoughts. I know, I know, Chris has got an affinity for Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder on a bearskin rug at Niagara Falls. That, man, uh, you know, there's some there's some boxing going on there.
1: But uh, if he there's. Can paint he can make a verbal picture of that, like Bob Ross, baby.
0: <laughs> I did want to get your guys' opinion. Some of your favorite couples from the comics or the movies that are kind of comics based. You know, who are who are some of the ones, you know, just a few of them that stand out to you guys? This is kind of like Dave Unger has a question instead of Patrick O'Dowd has a question. You, you, just your thoughts. I mean, all the sexual banter and stuff notwithstanding. Let's get away from that. Let's just talk some of your favorite couples, Chris, from the comics.
2: I love Spider-Man and Mary Jane even though Gwen Stacy was hotter, hotter but I mean that's iconic there. Um Black Panther and Storm that, that you know that that was cool. I, I like Margo well, not Margo but Lois Lane and Superman not Margo Jesus <laughs> fuck. Is <laughs> he what you did Dave I blame you for that.
1: Kane Terry
2: Hatcher part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's a lot about their relationship. Thank you, and I mean I, I like uh, Catwoman and Batman, which is why I know Batman is eating the cat, literally, because you you already know Catwoman's a freak. I mean the the whole Catwoman character is deep is steeped in sexuality. You know what I mean? Like you know she's a freak, well, exactly. So, yes.
1: Yeah. So you after that after battling it happened and Catwoman reciprocated, Batman turned and broke. There was before. Uh, B- b- Hold the <laughs> early ejaculation, Batman. No, no before <laughs> even even fourth all, Batman did one time after you know Catwoman reciprocated. He looked over and said, "I've never had a pussy lick me before." Wow. <laughs> <You> be- <laughs> Tony,
0: Tony, why don't you uh, give us some of your favorite couples from the comics and 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 uh. <laughs>
1: If you're not laughing right now, that's your own fault, okay? This is the comedy stylings of PC Tony. Yes, uh, Peter Parker, Mary Jane, number three for me. Uh, number two would be would be Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And number one, obviously, and I can back it up, is easily Barry Allen and Iris Allen West. I knew that because, was Because, listen, yeah. well, the Flash is the paragon of love. And at some point his powers from the speed force are taken away and only invoked because of the power of the love that he has between him and Iris. So talk about someone drawing off a relationship to actually get their powers. It's in the storyline folks, the paragon of love, Barry Allen is fueled by the love that him and Iris share. And man, shout out to CW. I got like four episodes sitting on my DVR that I can't wait to just dig into with another new one coming out next week. So that's my top three comic book couples of all time.
2: Oh, and shout out to Steve Rogers and the Carters. I just blankly say the Carters because Steve done knocked off like eight generations of the Carters by now in the comic books. That's man. true. Can I,
1: <laughs> can I just give you two movies that were really fun? Fun with Dick and Jane, Ta Leoni and Jim Carrey. And then Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Two really interesting a uh, couple movies, a lot of action, a lot of interesting things going on there. Very fun watches.
0: Ray had sent in some of his suggestions or some of the couples that he really liked. Shout um, out to Ray, <clears throat> what's that?
1: Shout out to Ray. Shout
0: out to Ray. Ray still uh, on assignment, can't be here this week. But he got, talked about Black Canary and Oliver Queen, Black Canary and Green Arrow. Sure. They're yeah, complex relationship right. to be sure. <laughs> Spider Man and yes. and Mary Jane. Go ahead, Chris.
2: I apologize. Black Canary. Is that the one that has AIDS? No. No. Okay. You, you, y'all know what I'm talking about, though. I'm not tripping. Like, there's somebody in that green arrow universe that has AIDS. I think so. I don't remember who. Yeah. My bad, man. Keep going, man. That that, that kind of... Ray, Ray
0: had Spider-Man and yeah. Mary Jane, which, of course, is, is on all of our lists. Uh, he also had from Young Justice Wally West and Artemis. That's an interesting one. I, di- I didn't think about that. Uh, my minor... Yeah. Super, you know, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, for sure uh, Mary Jane Watson and Peter Parker as well. Uh, and I think, you know, from, I am trying to remember who I had it all figured out yesterday, but now I've lost my train of thought. I think it was like Matt Murdoch and, and Electra was one that I was, uh, there is definitely a complicated relationship there to be sure. Um, you know, there's other ones, Aquaman and Mira, they've got a, a pretty cool relationship at times at other times, not so much
2: Bruce but, Wayne and Dick Grayson.
0: That's a different kind of relationship, Chris. That, that's a mentor-mentee relationship, we think. Uh, well, so, man's name like is
1: Widow Dick, and the Dave. Man's name is Dick. Well, like <laughs> Widow and the Hulk?
0: You know, I, I don't know if that... I mean, Black Widow and Hawkeye have had an interesting relationship. But, uh, uh, you know, the one that I just, just thought of that it didn't dawn on me is Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. I mean, that goes way back. And and they have a complicated relationship. So there's lots of them, you know, and and, and, you know, the stuff about, you know, the whole Batman Catwoman thing, the the fact of the matter is that relationships when they're done right in superheroes and comic books are integral to progression of the story and to character development. So to say that they're not humans and they don't, we have to make sure it's like saying Batman doesn't take a shit. Well, of course he does. You know, it's comparable
2: sort of to that. Well, it depends on what you're into, you know.
1: Uh, <laughs> and we can't, cannot get away with not saying one of the most amazing relationships we've witnessed in comic book movies and and shows, Wanda and Vision.
0: Yes, in a very different relationship. As long as we're not going to talk about Howard the Duck and Beverly, we don't have to talk about that, right? <laughs> right, Tony. We can we can avoid talking about that. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I prefer
2: I no bestiality policy on thechairshot.com. Yeah, <laughs> we're, not that, fucking,
0: we're not making fucking that. We're not making that shirt. Chris. Ready. She <laughs> second guessed it. You no, know? <laughs> she did. She did at least uh, think. Think twice about it. Um, hey, baby. Talking about I got it bills last, to... <laughs> Got bills to pay. Uh, the last couple of things I wanted to talk about: uh, the embargo lifted on Black Widow, so some of the reviews are coming in. No scores yet. But just a few little details trickling out. I think the most important thing I read is putting to rest any speculation that this movie is bringing back Scarlett Johansson and the Black Widow character. It's pretty clear now this is a prequel. This is a Black Widow story that that they haven't told yet, but that, yes, she's dead. And, you know, I think the TVA would be a little bit interested if she wasn't. And this looks like they are doing this to introduce the character of Yelena Belova who I'm sure will be involved in the MCU going forward, and, of course, Red Guardian. Um, most reviews seem pretty good. You guys read any of these things? And, and is this the movie? And I don't know. Let me ask you. Have you guys been back to the theaters since the pandemic started?
2: No, I, I have been. I'm, I'm getting closer to maybe trying. Is, but this, yeah, not is yet. this
0: the movie? Because I think this is <laughs> the one we're planning on getting getting no. tickets for this one. This one's not going to for convince you to go back.
1: No. No, not when it's in, you know, we know, we know when this was supposed to come out and yeah, we would have all went and unfortunately we all couldn't. Right. You should have just before I would say around, you should have around Thanksgiving of 2020, put it out for five bucks online and, and made some money there because I, I understand you'll probably make more now, but like, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to wait until I can watch it for free. Why would I go? I mean, I haven't been back mainly because there's been nothing to draw my interest. I look every week. I honestly do. Uh, Tuesdays, five bucks for me, right? I can go in. Great theater. Great sound every time I go there. Comfortable seats. I enjoy it, but just nothing's wet my whistle yet.
2: And I mean, to be honest, Dave, this one was a tough sell for me anyway because we know how the story ends. And I mean it's been delayed and pushed back so much. At this point, this is the movie equivalent to Chinese democracy. And at this point in time, I, I don't give a shit. I just don't give a shit.
1: That's Do you enough, enjoy man. the Lamello have you have you seen the Lamello and Lonzo uh promos for this movie? Have you seen those? They're pretty good actually. No, I can't say that I have, no. All the NBA you've been watching, you haven't seen. Dave, have you seen what I'm talking about? I
0: don't think I've seen this one. They're promoting Black Widow.
1: LaMelo and Lonzo Ball, yes. They're, like, driving in a car, like, supposedly just ahead of a fight scene that's happening in this movie. And they're talking about how the sisters are working together, and the brothers are like, why can't we work together? So, I don't know. Go ahead. YouTube it. Google uh, it, can, it. You know. i got to check that. Figure it out. It's, it's, it's funny. I guess you should have been there.
0: Well, I mean, I think Chris raises a good point about this movie that it was going to be a bit of a hard sell because you do know, despite some rampant speculation in a few places that Black Widow's really alive and this is a, a story to bring her back to life. It's clearly obvious now that's not the case um, and, and that they're using this to introduce new characters such as, you know, the Yelena Belova and whatever is going to happen there. It is a hard sell. But it is the MCU, and it is the first MCU movie since Spider-Man: Far From Home, delayed drastically. I agree with you; they should have released it. I mean, and they're doing. I mean, you could have done what you're doing now, which is releasing it on Disney Premier Access for thirty dollars. You could have done that a year ago, and and, and no one would have complained. In fact, you know, Ray would have been thrilled with it because Ray's been like, "Just bring the fucking thing out already!" For the last year, it seems. So true story. I mean, true story. Yeah, I I I'm encouraged by the reviews and it looks like it's going to be a good movie um and the biggest thing for me is what do we get from this movie that ties into phase four because we know that they're going to do some backstory and it's going to tell a black widow story but you've got that happening right about the same time that i don't know if loki will be done by then or it might end right when this comes out so you got to figure are they tying any of this stuff together is the i got to figure Tony like i agree with you that what the m what disney's doing with the marvel shows is fantastic creating content that really gets you involved and and that you're interested and passionate about seeing but the tent pole for the mcu is the movies so you got to figure they're going to do something here in black widow to push this narrative forward and really kind of set the stage for phase 4 uh i don't know oh. what they're going to do but
1: that's the only bullet in the chamber that I can think of that comes to mind when you ask me that question is, is there something at the end of this movie that ties in what they want to go forward that hasn't happened yet? Right. Because we know what's happening here. Do they set up one of these new characters and something we, they know is happening past when they're still going to release it. Right. Like they still have that bullet in their chamber where like, yeah, I know we fucked it up. We should have had it here. We could have let it go here. It's way behind a whole bunch of shit you've already seen from what we've given you. But at the end, it, it, you're gonna understand why we waited, right? And I and I hope that's the case. That tied in with I think they really believe in Scarlett Johansson's drawing power. And, and from from the, the the previews we've seen and, and and things of that nature, the trailers. It, it looks like it's gonna be a really good movie. That being said, I'm still not gonna go to the movie theater to see it, right?
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I wonder if they're gonna if they've called an audible with this delay and switched up stuff, and maybe they've done something post credit that is going to have
1: a couple different. Did they have a couple different things in the can? Yeah, a couple Scooby Doo's. No, that's
0: right. We got a couple of <laughs> endings, a few alternate endings here. The Scooby, the really happy James- ending.
1: Game off. Stampede. That's right. All right. Game on.
0: <laughs> all right, fellas. Uh, let's go to the last topic of conversation. This, this is something I kind of dropped on you guys before we started recording. We are recording on Father's Day. There is a marathon going on of one of the all time great movies. It's definitely not nerd based. That's for sure. But boy, do a lot of people geek out over this franchise. And that is The Godfather. Your guys, I just wanted to kind of, it's, you know, the first one and the second one, two of the greatest movies ever made and never seen movies like that. And I love Goodfellas. It was my number one movie of the nineties. No, no secret there. It's not the Godfather one or two damn close, but not the Godfather one or two. Never seen movies like that. Um, your guys thoughts. Cause like, like i am saying, this is not so much nerd base, but boy, there are a lot of people who quote dialogue. I mean, the dialogue for this movie has appeared in a plethora of, Of other things it is one of the most beloved franchises ever i know chris is very fond of it i know i'm very fond of it i don't know if tunny loves it tunny is too your guys thoughts on the godfather i mean i when i first saw that they were running a marathon of the godfather on father's day i'm like trying to connect it to i'm like all right i guess (laughs) sort of but um i i I see i see the the father sort of aspect of it but not very uplifting for father's day but <laughs> you know leave the gun take the cannoli or, or take the cannoli whatever uh-uh. leave the cannoli no, take the you, gun you had it right did i okay no, yeah. you had it right
2: All the right. first time leave the gun take the cannoli um, yeah
0: <laughs> this, this the two movies i mean the third one gets shit on a lot and i don't think the third one is terrible is it on par with the first two no people forget godfather 3 got nominated for best picture so it wasn't god awful there was some dubious casting decisions we 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 know all about that that but andy garcia was fantastic in godfather 3 don't so don't shortchange that it's not on the same level as the first two no question about that but it's not a god it's not a terrible movie it's not a bad movie it's a good movie a very good movie not as good as the first two but sticking with the first two i mean what are your guys thoughts on on this on the godfather 1 and 2 and and just in general what you think about this and it does this even belong on a con on a conversation on a show like bandwagon nerds but there's no one here to stop us so we might as well talk about it
2: dave this could be its own podcast man i could sit on here and bloviate for two or three hours about the greatness of the first two godfather films man i I love those movies so much but this is how you know how
1: my first square in ray cash bingo uh bloviate got that one boop
2: marked it off that's his
1: work
2: that's funny But this is how you know that these movies are great and iconic is because there's people that have never seen the movies, probably don't even pick up on the reference to the movies. But some of those iconic lines, people know and use them every single day without ever having even seen the movies or maybe even not even realizing that what they're saying came from those movies. You know, and I mean, not only did it spawn two great movies, it arguably spawned the greatest uh, television show of all time in The Sopranos. Because, I mean, the, the, the whole premise of The Sopranos is this is the first generation of mobsters that grew up on the Godfather movies. And I mean, I mean, and I mean, if you've ever watched the show, man, like the movies are all threaded through the whole motherfucking thing. I mean, they, they even have some of the same actors. There's crossover there with the actors and stuff like that. I mean, these movies are iconic. So I I don't care when they're on. Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Mother's Halloween. Day, Mother's Day, perfect. Flag Day, Arbor Day, uh, Juneteenth. I don't give a fuck. I love my mom
1: on Thanksgiving. I love my mom on Memorial Day. <laughs>
0: Tony, your thoughts on, uh, on Godfather.
1: Yeah. Three is just a poor story, especially in the shadow of one and two. And like you said, the casting doesn't really help at all at all. But uh, my favorite thing about the Godfather is Robert De Niro's depiction back in old Italy. I think that's the best part of any part of any part of any Godfather. Um, but, yes, one and two are are excellent, and it's great storytelling, you know, being wrestling nuts that we are, we appreciate great storytelling, right? And maybe that's the problem with some wrestling fans is they don't understand what they're trying to appreciate, and it's the storytelling. hello, ding dong, and it comes through <laughs> in spade this entire trilogy it's 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 phenomenal, one and two are great. I know James Conn is an actor is still looked as a crazy motherfucker even on sets to this day because of the Santino. role he played there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's just it's it's just great acting, directing, and writing as far as who are concerned. It's yeah. it's what almost six hours you could sit down oh, at easy. any time and enjoy with a nice glass of Scotch or whiskey, yeah, or a bottle
0: for that matter, you know, and just get through the bottle.
2: Have you guys? Amen. Have you guys ever seen it? I think like A and E or AMC or whomever, sometimes they'll do the 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 chronological order of The Godfather. So it starts with De Niro and Vito, you know, back in Sicily. And you, have you guys ever seen that? I, that I have version seen of that.
0: It? And that, that brings me to a point that I don't like that version of it because I understand the chronology of it and, and having it flow, but Godfather 2 does something that no movie has ever done since which is blending flashbacks with the present and making it work as well as it does in that movie. I've never to this day seen a movie. Every movie does flashbacks. And, and you know, like the whole fucking first season of The Witcher was a flashback and you weren't sure what time frame you were in. And that was one of the things that made The Witcher so great. But Godfather 2 was like, the way that they seamlessly did that, 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 that when they flashback, it added an element of story building to it That when they came back to the present, you understood how that was influencing Michael's decisions because it was based on what Vito had gone through, even though, you know, Michael didn't know this shit. He didn't know his dad's backstory. Uh, I've never seen a movie do it like that. So I've seen what you're talking about, Chris. It is a different way of viewing it. And, you know, it spurns kind of the same debate that we've talked about with like Star Wars. Do you watch episodes? You know, do you watch the prequel trilogy first and then the original trilogy, which chronologically is how it's supposed to work? Or do you do it the way they were released? So they are, it's a different yeah. viewing experience. But yeah, Godfather 2 is, is a movie that I've never seen anybody pull it off like that so well. And, you know, when you look at De Niro's acting job in that, his rise to power, and, and you know, his rise to power and what's motivating him versus what's going on with Michael in the second one to the point where he kills his own brother and lives with the horror of that decision all the way through. I mean, that one decision haunts him through the entirety of Godfather three, which is probably the best part of Godfather three is Michael's search for redemption from himself is, is really pretty good. Uh, But I have never seen a movie do it like Godfather two. So yeah, I've seen the one you're talking about. I prefer it the original way.
2: No, I agree with that. Totally agree with that. And Godfather three, it's not horrible. Obviously, some of the casting decisions initially when Nona Ryder was supposed to play, you know, the role of Michael's daughter and they casted Sophia Kofi in there and or Coppola in there rather. And that was yeah. horrible. Like she she could not act her way out of a wet paper bag with scissors in her hand. Like it just didn't work. Plus, it also didn't work because she wasn't with all due respect because she's very talented. She went on to have an a, a outstanding career as a director. She did uh, Lost in Translation. Is, did I say that right? With uh, I think with so. the one with Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, whatever. Uh, but she, yeah, she yeah. yeah, but she went on to have a great career. But you kind of need somebody, you need like a femme fatale. You need somebody sexy in that role to be like, for Andy Garcia's character to be like, oh, yeah, I'm about to fuck my cousin because I just can't resist this woman. And she just didn't pull that off, you know? No, Plus, Duvall no, no. didn't want to come back either. So that, that helped, that hurt it as well. Like he wanted, he didn't want Pacino money, but he didn't want the money that they were trying to pay him because initially that was supposed to be the 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 main conflict in three between you know Tom Hagen and 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 uh, and, and Corleone. You know,
0: I will say one of the best acting jobs I've seen was at the end of Godfather three when his daughter gets killed and his his reaction his 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 anguished cry that's silent until it just explodes is some of the best i mean whether you like the movie or not that one scene if you don't feel that then i don't know what the hell you're watching because that's one of the most powerful things i've seen a a father's reaction to the death of his daughter that's his fault too he's got to live and then you know michael that's that's karma yeah and michael dies you know he just falls out of his chair at the end of the whole thing living with the weight of fredo and then his daughter um it it it's it, it, probably a movie that isn't appreciated enough because of the Sophia Coppola situation. and it just got, oh no, no, no nepotism involved here at all. None shit. So no,
2: no, not not even a little bit. But I mean, even the pose that how Michael dies with how Vito died in the first one, you know, he's surrounded. He's got his grandbaby there. They're hanging out. He's beloved. And then he drops dead. And Michael is just literally alone on a bench and just drops dead, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and there's like you said there's so many iconic lines. One of the best ones in talking modernly is when Michael comes back from Italy and he's talking to Kate and he's trying to convince her to marry him. And you know, he's like my father's no different than any other powerful man like a politician or a president or a senator and she's like Michael, politicians and senators don't have people killed and he just smiles. He goes, "Okay, you tell me who's being naive." That yeah. is one of the best lines in that movie because it's like exactly If you think that your elected officials are above beyond that kind of shit, you're in for a rude awakening. But there's so many great moments from those movies. And I just because it's Father's Day and it was on and I was watching it yesterday. And I was thinking, and I know, Chris, I know you and I have talked off air a little bit on air about your affinity for the movies. So I kind of wanted to throw it out there to get your guys thoughts on this franchise that we didn't really talk about it because we haven't had a 70s project and we probably won't. And hopefully we won't because that's not exactly the strongest decade for entertainment. But
2: seriously, eh, you you got the Godfathers, you got Taxi Driver, Mean Streets, Dog Day Afternoon. Um, What's the one with Serpico? I'm not saying th- shit. The, the black exploitation flicks. Like, there's a lot of good shit. Dirty Harry, oh, okay. Death Wish, yes. Like, there's a lot of good shit going on in the '70s. Blazing
0: brother. Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Blazing
2: then. Saddles, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, it's like good it, shit going it's, on. It's there, a bro.
0: good decade. It's not on par with the '80s or '90s, but it's a solid decade. But I, I can't see Mister O'Dowd doing the '70s project anytime soon. But so we might as well talk about the Godfather here. Uh, but Weird I appreciate enough. you guys talking about that with me because I thought, oh, you know, this is kind of an interesting topic that we don't get to talk about about one of the greatest franchises ever. Bar none, by far, bar none. Uh, some of the best, most uh, Marlon Brando as, as Vito Corleone. <laughs> Jesus, what a what a powerhouse he was. But guys, I think that's uh, unless you guys got anything to add, I think that's going to do it for us here on Father's Day for Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, uh, Tony. Chris, you want to take us out of here and uh and do all the uh, I, I'm gonna give Chris a chance to redeem himself here. Get up to at least an eight out of ten, man.
2: <laughs> I want to talk more godfather, man. Like we need to maybe schedule a time where we could do just a whole podcast devoted to the three godfathers, because there's so much meat on that bone. And those movies are so iconic and so important in, in the Pantheon of American cinema.
0: Sounds like a special chair shot radio project. What do you think, PC Tunny?
1: Yeah, you let me know when you guys want to post that. I didn't, <laughs> all right. I didn't know well, until today that it was
0: Tony all along. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I'm just tired. I'm just really, really tired.
2: Dave, uh, again, brother, happy Father's Day, man. Please enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for having me on. It's always a, a, a yeah. Always an honor to come on here, man. Uh, I enjoy it every time I come on. You guys can find me on Twitter at the Real Plat. but more importantly, if you appreciate the content that we provide here at The Chair Shot day in and day out, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out is by going to Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash The Chair Shot and picking up an official Chair Shot t-shirt. We literally have something that you will like. I guarantee it. All you have to do is go and peruse Pro Wrestling dot com forward slash The Chair Shot. And by perusing Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash The Chair Shot, I fucked it up again. But you know where I'm going. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You're going to find something you like and you're going to be supporting your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. Thechairshot.com. We're not just a website, we're a movement. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there and zip it up and zip it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> zip it up and zip it out there you go that's that's perfect um zippity doodle all right now so anyway guys <laughs> pc tunny let people know where can they find you on the interwebs
1: all the president's men apocalypse now one flew over the cuckoo's nest jaws oh shit star wars star Wars. The dear, the dear. Oh, you, you know, Mister hey, Mister
0: O'Dowd. We hey, might have hey, to think about a seventies project after all. Go ahead, Tony.
1: You can find me at PC Tony on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for listening to the Chairshot Radio Network on all your favorite streaming platforms. The Chairshot sports entertainment and sports entertainment, where we encourage you to enjoy your day the Chairshot way by always using your head.
0: Mr. Platt, uh, where can they find you on the interwebs?
2: Yeah, I already told them they can find me at the Real C. Platt on Twitter, but that's okay. I'm All not right. gonna bust you out.
0: I'm sorry, man. I, I just I I wanted you to say it again. You can you can find me on Twitter at Ray Loves Battlingus, and you know it's oh. a good time. Ah. <laughs>
2: Well, I hope he finds his Catwoman.
0: Yeah, Ray, you need oh, to find wait, your Catwoman. I,
2: I don't even know what that bit. Ray loves <laughs> Uh You could find he me did. on...
0: Yeah. He, he knows exactly yeah. what we meant, Platt. You could find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude AGG. And on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Also, make sure you are checking us out at Bandwagon Nerds on the Twitter. There's always a good time to be had there. That's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. I hope everybody out there is having an excellent Father's Day. Please get out of the basement, unless you're in Bakersfield, then stay in the fucking basement because it's a lot cooler down there. But until next time, we will catch you next week. More Loki coverage coming. Who knows what else is going to happen. These superheroes, man, you you can't stop them. You can't hope to contain them. But that's it for Bandwagon Nerds. We'll catch you guys later.
1: You're the variant. I'm not the variant.
3: with your family? Sure I do. Good. Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. You look terrible. Once you to eat. I want you to rest well and a month from now this Hollywood big shot's gonna give you what you want. It's too late. They start shooting in a week. I'm gonna make him an offer can for you
2: leave the gun take the cannoli